What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by the entire crew. What's up, Reinhardt? What's up? Dogbot. Howdy, y'all. And baby, killers, baby killers are on self-harm watch right now. Yes, they are. And down in the dungeon, taking notes of Grognak. Hello. I would say evening spooks and ghouls, but we are not the ghouls. No, we are not. And ain't no spooks around here either, so... It's a happy day. It's a ghoul's night out. It is definitely a ghoul's night out. Um, Hoes mad 24-7, dude. Hoes, hoes mad. Wow. Much much dilating is occurring right yes. now. Yes. I, what I don't understand, what I don't understand is um, why are, I guess all the the gays and the trains are mad because Bet Midler was like, y'all are next. <laughs> that was one of my Well, here's the thing. Uh, with, those, uh, with those gay, air quotes, marriage numbers, they never... Never shot past eight percent. Hmm. Yeah, strange. It's almost as if they never really cared about getting married. No, that was no. Was even though the getting... numbers of gays seem to be getting higher and higher. Right. But even if they do like get married, they still have three hundred sex partners and monkeypox. Well, and now if you have pox. multiple sex partners, well, you twice can get the, twice the rate of domestic violence in a lesbian couple. Two and a half times. Yeah. It's actually two and a half times. I've done the research. I am no longer friends with one of my cousins who's gay because of it. Oh, because she allows herself to be beaten up by her partner? No, because I made that stuff up and it's not true because her and her partner have never gotten. <laughs> okay, I can't. I don't believe that story. Uh, yeah, gross. Right. Have like never she, gotten just, she just fell downstairs in a one bedroom. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know that that's happened. I'm like, I hadn't seen her. The last time I physically saw her, I was probably 14. So it, it's been. Fell down the stairs of her double wide. Yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. no. They, they, she's. They're, they're like well off less. They're like lesbians you would see on International House Hunters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're so like, wait, you know, what, did, what does she do? Does she like stay at home crayon maker? She's or? a stay at home astronaut. And the other one knits no, she, sweaters she for knits, butterflies. She knits sweaters for alpacas. From she, alpaca fur, right? Oh, and for alpacas. Yes, out of yes, out of out of her own hair. Well, that's how they keep it so short. They keep cutting it to make alpaca sweaters. The other one's uh, a video game developer. Sweaters. The other one's a video game developer for blind people. Ah, yeah, those the, dude. The the people on those shows. It's like what. <laughs> How, How do you make this much money? Yeah. It's like, yeah, they whatever the stupid thing is. And at like, least, they, at they, least their the budget is like a million dollars that go on that show. Yeah, at least the dumb kids that go on that show, like 90% of the time, their parents come with them, and you're like, okay, at least I know where the money's coming from here. Sure. Right. But then you have like, then you have one husband who's like, yes, I make corporate art out of uh, pistachio shells. <laughs> <laughs> right. Their budget is $3.2 million. Yeah, they're they're looking to buy an island off the coast of Croatia. I don't understand those those shows, to be honest with you. But yeah, anyways, yeah, I had a cousin that that they, she got all mad about that. We don't oh speak man! Anymore. Anyway, you, you guys know the uh, the statue of that certain god that you know abortions are religious right to Moloch. Yeah, the statue of Moloch. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Um, the st- the one statue of it where it's sitting out arms arms splayed and its mouth open mm-hmm. that mouth has gotten wider some say it's kind of oh, like the I, opposite of the sphinx i thought that was just santa at the mall oh i mean there's that 
I actually did meet a Jewish Santa one time. Because of course. <laughs> well, no, there's he the movie. He was an alcoholic. I forgot the name of the movie where the the kid, the Jewish kid, is walking home and he's walks past the Santa and the Santa tells him about all the Jews that write all the Christmas carols and stuff. Christmas is very important to Jews. We make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that you, Johnny? Were you, were you that kid? I, no, it's from a movie. I mean, oh, probably though. Never saw no, that movie. No, I got beat. I got. I mean, I got beat out of money by the by the Lowensteins. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. So, so the Supreme Court flipped Roe versus Wade today. Yeah, I didn't think we had to tell anybody, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they did. They flipped Roe v. Wade. Clarence Thomas is officially king of America. I mean, normally oh, we they... normally we'd wait to mention this all, all the way till Tuesday, but it, there's, no way. Just, uh, there's no but, way. Just but but there's something about today numer numerologically mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. It's o six two four twenty twenty two. When you add those together, you get six six six. Yeah. Yep. Strange, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very strange. It's also it interesting. Uh, Saint Saint John the Baptist's birthday. Yeah. My buddy Otto brought that up. And the feast uh, of somebody somebody else. There's another thing today, too, religiously. Yeah. It's a very interesting day um, to do that. Um, also, to do it on a Friday, like, kind of cool. And, I mean, to add to that, we had a snow cone truck show up at work today. We all got snow. We all got <laughs> ex- Yeah, dude, I'm like, it's hot. So they're like, they, we haven't had an accident, like a recordable injury in 45 days. So they're like, would you guys rather have barbecue or, like, snow cones? And, like, everybody's like, snow cones? Hell yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No no injuries at work, so the blacks took the whole week off for Juneteenth. Right, right, yeah, there's that. Um so we had so, snow cones today. Anyways, it's a good day. So what are the bets what are the bets that Clarence Thomas is wearing sunglasses and just cocking his head to the side and licking a snow cone right walking now? out today? Right now? Oh yeah, yeah. His head rum in it though. A little bit. Dude, the the Twitter meltdown of white women calling oh. Clarence, Thomas, Clarence Thomas the N word in all caps. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they can get away with that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I can't. You know, not me. But I got. You can't get away page. with it in real life. They'll hear no. you through your freaking phone. Right. So I, I saw I saw one libtard say today that one of the next things on on his list is banning interracial marriage, and uh, that's pretty interesting. I guess he's. <laughs> I guess he's trying to find a way to annul his marriage of 25 years. Right. <laughs> I right, saw that he's, too. And, he's married to a, a I don't know if woman. it was it was Nashville News uh, from a little bit north of me, but I don't know if that was from somewhere else. It was some fat Asian kid that was saying that they were going to repeal interracial marriage, uh, gay marriage, that they were going to start arresting gays. Oh yeah. My, like, okay. Don't listen. Stop. I can only get so erect. You know. Like, <laughs> like, Come on, I can. My my face hurts from smiling. Um, the the white women that stormed the various courthouses around the country and state capitals and and bigger cities, right? They they really are living in the most sexually perverse fantasy world. After this, and they're they're just talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they. they and the lengths that people are going to to justify, you know, infanticide, child sacrifice, like, and and the the reasons that people are saying that, you know, like, if you think this is a good thing, 
There's that. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. they're I mean, they're wet blankets of all shapes and sizes, you know, and you just have to ignore them. Some smaller yeah. than others. Take the W. Enjoy the W. Just take the W. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, 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 just take the don't, don't try to don't try to break the W into pieces and turn it into an L. Just take the W. Yes. Yeah. Matt well, Walsh. That's, that's Matt Walsh said. Enjoy today, guys. Enjoy it. Yeah. We deserve. That's it. the yeah. thing. The bottom line is that millions and millions of children will be saved mm-hmm. from this, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Listen, it you can always abs- you can always have your corporate bank uh, office job bust you to a, a place where you can go murder your baby because that's going to be you know it's going to happen. This is well, a, now just another step. Now they're going to be religious pilgrimages, right? They, yeah, exactly. They're well, they're Talmudic religious pilgrimages because they're uh, they're a religious rite according to the Talmud. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, what what was it earlier? I think I shared it to the Telegram channel, but it was. Yeah, here it is. Jewishcurrents.org. How to give yourself an abortion. Oh, man. Yeah, there's all kinds of salt. And there's tweets about, you know, hey, ladies, if you're pregnant, do not drink whatever it is, tea. Especially don't drink this much of it. And, you know, you don't buy it off Amazon right here. It's it's like a, I don't know what you call it. Like wormwood or something? No, it's not like wormwood. Well, according to them... 8th century Sanskrit texts and 1930s Jewish midwives on New York's Lower East Side advised squatting over a pot of boiling onions. Uh, you know, I thought it was really funny seeing that all these major cities across the continent-wide strip mall are boarding up their windows downtown because I think it's going to be very, very difficult for these angry, angry, mad hoes to break windows with coat hangers. It's going to be very hard. It's going to take a lot of effort. Yeah, I mean, and again, women don't riot the same way that people do. Yeah, I know they're talking about days of rage, but we're not going to get another summer of hate. No, they're not going to get a summer of hate out of this. No, black men are not going to be mad enough to riot over this. No, and and while I think that ultimately this this is probably a chess move, sacrifice one thing to try and get another. I I don't think another suburb of hate is going to happen. It was interesting, the other rulings that they had uh, on carrying guns in public. Uh, the co- Apparently, cops don't have to read your Miranda rights or, or some specific legal situation, which they don't. And then uh, you can't sue a federal agent for <laughs> what was it, unlawful arrest. Or something of that nature. I'll have more on those on Tuesday, but right. I don't know. That combination of stuff is strange, but I don't see summer of hate happening. No, I, I saw some footage of a bunch of idiots surrounding a lifted pickup truck and the pickup truck driving off, and they're trying to find the driver because it's, they're trying to say that two people got run over, you know, that they're just peaceful protesters, and it's like they surrounded his car. They surrounded the truck while it's moving. Yeah. You know, right. Like, I, I, I mean, he'll probably he'll probably get something because an arc no, of he'll tyranny. Get, he'll, is end so up, he'll end up going to jail. Stupid. He'll, but, he'll go to jail, and that's that's because that's how it happens. You know. He's like, I'm just trying to get home from work. You know. Yep. This is interesting. He's I, trying to I go just home. pulled this. What's that? He's just trying to go home, and people are, you know. Well. Yeah, this this actually kind of 
dovetails into that, uh, my dad just sent me something. City of Washington, D.C. deploys pallets of bricks in front of Republican National Committee HQ, just blocks from the Supreme Court building. They just bust in literal pallets of bricks and just left them there. Listen, the magic brick dwarves never went away. They just, yeah, they're just hiding, waiting for their, yeah. biding their time. Okay, so yeah. what do I have to do to get magic brick dwarves? Or Johnny? Listen, we caught one. Remember that? It was yeah. not fun. Mm-mm. Okay? You don't want to have one in your house. I mean, I don't want one in my house. I just want him, like, near the foundation of the house. <laughs> they, I, I remember him stinking pretty bad. Well, I mean, that's what you get. You know, they, they scared him and scent glands went off. <laughs> like a skunk. Yeah. It's the same chemical that's in his spit. It's not microplastics. It's magic. Right. Whatever. Fair gnomes yeah. went off. You know, was, oh, fair gnomes. Oh. That, you, I'm yeah, actually laughing bad. at that one. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was terrible, but yes, we're all laughing. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh, but, man. Uh, man. We have a guest tonight. We have a guest tonight. Are you guys excited for the guest? Yes. Yes. I'm stoked. It's going to be fun. Um, we accidentally what? teased a uh, little bit of content the other day on the Nationalist Inquirer. Uh, so if you guys remember, uh, we talked a little bit about that, that alien was captured on film in Montana. So our guest tonight is Patrick W. Cutler, a filmmaker who is making the documentary called Redgate, which features um, that same alien um, photograph from Montana that we accidentally sneak previewed on Tuesday. All right. Well, after this, be our interview with Patrick Cutler. Stay tuned.
a great one for you tonight folks uh we have patrick cutler coming on uh he is an alien ufo researcher from montana uh he has a documentary coming out called redgate and right now i'm going to play you the audio from that check this out we'll have patrick on just a second ufo sightings in the redgate area near deer lodge has been a hot spot for ufos and the paranormal including one Deer Lodge resident who captured something very strange on a trail camera recently. Deer Lodge, Montana. There's just a lot of activity that is unexplained to this day. We just caught this thing. So I'm sitting here looking at these orbs of light that from here, from right here to there, they look like marbles. There are people that are calling this like the next Roswell. That's how many fucking sightings you have of UFOs, aliens, bizarre shit. all they're gonna be up there rats in a fucking maze and they're gonna have no idea what's going to fucking hit them (laughs) all right patrick cutler welcome to the show how's it going man yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Yeah, um, very interesting uh, subject there, man. Alien abductions is something that we've brushed over in the past, um, but never never in depth like you have here. Um, 
tell us a little bit about the, uh, you want to start with the documentary or you want, where do you want to start? Yeah, we'll start with that. Um, so that, that'll give a good, uh, uh um, intro to this whole thing is like, um, cause people will be shocked to find out what the actual truth is. This journey I've been on, has been freaking insane. Um, so I started this out, believe it or not, as, as a completely, uh, fictional film is what I started out as. And the truth is that, um, there was this folklore tale when we were kids growing up in this Deer Lodge Valley in Western Montana, beautiful valley, beautiful mountains here. And there was this place called Redgate. And the the folklore tale would say we camp out and they would tell us tale about this place called Redgate. It was up in the mountains. They used to have mines up there. And uh, before we moved to the Valley of Deer Lodge, they had mines way back in the 1800s and stuff. And the story was that one day a guy came home from his mine, um, his worked at the mine, they had a schoolhouse, everything else up there, and he went to his homestead and took an axe and killed his wife and his two kids. And then the next day they said they saw him painting the gate of his homestead red with their blood. And that was just the biggest, like, mythical folklore tale alive in Deer Lodge, Montana, and we just we just ate it up. So my idea as a filmmaker is finally, like, let's just be a great horror film to actually do. This would be a lot of fun. And um, what happened was I started to investigate. Like any filmmaker does, they start to investigate what they're actually like going to film. And the more I investigate these things, um, the more I started to realize uh, a lot of it was true. And it became to a point where it was like 10% true when I first started out. And then it became like 20, 30, 40, 50 before um, I knew it, 100% of what I was doing as a film was 100% true. So I switched it to a documentary because this area has alien activity, it has uh, homicides, mer- crazy stuff you wouldn't believe. And um, yeah, it, it, it changed completely overnight. And now it, it turns out that story that I was just talking about, that folklore story, it turns out that that story is even possibly true also. Well, most most folklore does probably stem from a little bit of truth somewhere. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of crazy uh, that it it turned into a documentary from a, a horror film. Um, I've never heard of that happen before. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's totally crazy. But I mean, it's it. Not a lot of people, filmmakers. A lot of filmmakers. Well, most of them, they're doing the job right. Will investigate what they're actually filming. Right. And this one let me down a trail. I, I just never thought I'd even go down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're investigating, well, you know, you see, you see these movies, you know, based on a true story, and a lot of times all that means is like, you know, one of the street names in the movie happened to be true, you know, or something like something small like that. So technically, the whole movie's true, but because uh, a lot of times it seems that they don't do their research when they're when they're telling a story. When you find out the truth, is like, wait a minute, that's not at all what they told me in the movie. Oh, it, you know. it's insane. Uh, a lot of people I talk to will say, have you seen The Fourth Kind? Right. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. You know, The Fourth oh, So That's so true. It's so cool. I was like, man, man I, I lived in Alaska. I know rural Alaska really well. And mm-hmm. the opening shot of that movie shows Nome, Alaska. And I will tell you, that is nowhere close to what Nome, Alaska looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they do that all the time. It's strange. I mean, from yes, from uh, you know the wrong locations to totally falsified information, um, but they you know sell it as a based on a true story, and so people believe it. And some of these people actually get their history. Most people, let me say, let me correct myself. Most people get their history from movies now, anyways. So you know because everything it's like true. those. 
it's it's like those conjuring movies they made out of uh was it ed and lorraine warren out of their supposedly true experiences and, oh, right. and people just eat that kind of stuff up right oh it turns out those guys are charlatans yeah yeah you know kid I, i've researched that too it, it's crazy um the Blair Witch Project was completely fictional, but right. they people bought it as truth. Um, I was it's so just mad. crazy what they pass off these days. Yeah, I was so mad at the ending of that movie. I didn't care if it was true or fake. I hated it. I was like, "That's the dumbest." I, I, I was, was wasted two whole hours. It's terrible. I was mad from the very beginning. I was very upset with the people that dragged me to that movie. I was on a date. Oh, I was on a date, and I couldn't really get mad at her until the very end. And I was like, "You were never choosing the movie ever, ever again." Matter of fact, just don't talk. Just don't talk. <laughs> Just shush. You're not allowed thank, to talk anymore. Thank God we have people that actually agree with me on this show because, oh. like, a lot of horror fans won't. I'm like, the marketing was great. I admit the marketing is unbelievable, but that is mm-hmm. a fucking terrible movie. Terrible <laughs> I, movie. I, I hate hell. all shaky camera yes. horror movies. Yes. I hate all of them. Well, I, the- if I find out it's a shaky camera horror movie, I'm like, I'm out yep. immediately. Done. Done. Yeah. So, all right, back to your, your documentary. So, this, this whole story. Is now what does what does the guy coming home to murder his family, which is a sick and gruesome thing? And there's another story, I believe, in your in your, your notes that you sent us. There's a, a similar story, um, but what does that have to do with now? What does that have to do with the aliens or the UFOs or whatever? So here's the thing: is like um, this all happens like in the same area. Like so, you have the alien photo, and again, this this photo has been um, verified by the History Channel. They had a photo expert come out and verify it as it being a legit photo uh, of this alien figure, or whatever. But this all happens in like the same area, so it's like this weird freaking energy is trapped in this area in these mountain ranges in uh, western Montana outside this Deer Lodge Valley mm. this place called Redgate so that's that's mainly what it has to do with it, if that makes sense okay so it's basically a nexus for paranormal activity in general yes okay. yes 100% oh that's that, that that makes it even better so you get your all kinds of paranormal you get your aliens you get your weird murders uh, I believe you were said there's there's all kinds of other stuff we'll get into it but um so the murder happens. You're doing the you're doing the the research out there, and you realize that this could be a true story. And you're finding out all these other weird things. Is that what's going on? Yeah. So the 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 most bizarre thing I, I figured out or found out was that um, so the Redgate story that I told everybody at the beginning, uh, where the guy kills his entire family. Later on, I found out that that actually happened in real life. I think it was like five years ago or something like that. Where a guy came home, murders his wife and his entire family. Didn't paint their gate red or whatever, but it was like an exact replication of the original Redgate story in this cabin slash house that they were uh, they bought in the Redgate area, and that's where it got really freaking weird. Hmm. Yeah, that that definitely is. That's not just a coincidence there. Yeah, and this this thing is so freaking sick. Like this guy, these guys are pretty fairly normal people they moved here from somewhere else i know where they moved here from but um the guy out of nowhere just comes home and um takes a gun goes out uh shoots his three-year-old son shoots his five-year-old son goes in uh shoots his nine-month-old uh daughter and then he shoots his wife in the head he lays them all in bed lights the entire place on fire and then shoots himself man good god yeah there has to be, I mean, there has to be something to more to that, like some sort of demonic possession or 
some sort of something. Something. That's definitely not normal. Jesus. Yeah, that, that is like the most messed up thing I've ever heard. And, and it's, it's weird their their house was in the Red Gate area. Yeah. So then, and it's in the Red Gate area, and that's the same basic thing that the other guy did. He came home and murdered his family with an axe, which is, I mean, terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's the story. And, okay, so that's the other murder. So there's that. And then there's what else is going on in the area? So there, um, there have been – so we have the old Montana State Prison exists in the Duraj Valley, you know, and um, they've had bizarre paranormal activity there and th- things of that nature. But um, they, they've had recently um, – they had these dog mutilations a couple months ago where these dogs were like – their ears were cut off. Um, they were mutilated. They were hung from these trees and – they were hung there with shock collars on them, and the cops came up there and checked it out in their investigation. They're like, "Well, there's no foul play here." It's like, "How is not a foul play here?" And they're like, "It, it just bizarre stuff." Like that was in the regular area too. Like they hung these dogs, and it's just like, "What is going on? Is it a cult? Is it paranormal? Is it UFO? It's it's, it's really bizarre." Man, any any sort of animal mutilation is really disturbing stuff. Um, and the cops, yeah, I'm, they didn't they didn't want anything to do with it, or they were just like, "Nothing to see here. Move on." Uh, that more of nothing to see or move on because they're like they wanted to be like well there's 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 no connection here to the other dog mutilations a couple months ago oh so there's <laughs> like, this okay has this has happened several times then yeah and i i haven't investigated the other ones that they were talking about in the article but they're like they're, when they said that it's like okay what are we what are we doing here like mm. like this is not normal like <laughs> yeah well you would think in a small place like you know how many how many people live in that area what's this what's the population density so if you go by the town size it's like uh two to three thousand but the area of deer lodge valley is more like four or five thousand okay the ranchers and everything okay, else. Well, even so that's a very small number of people you would think that the sheriff's department the police department wherever they have out there constables um would take the time to investigate you know multiple animal mutilations was there anything else any other animal stuff going on so we had uh, – there's been cattle mutilations since um, like the 1920s basically where it happens happens all the time today. I've heard so many different stories about it. But basically cattle mutilation is um, they go out there. There's like a dead cow or whatever and all of their organs are removed. And there's just like this little slit, this small little slit of a hole that they cannot be possibly removed from. And it's just, they're just dead out of nowhere. It's, right. it's bizarre as hell. It's happened for a long time. Yeah. We, we, a long time ago when we, when we did our alien abduction stuff, we talked about cattle mutilation and how st- that's just such a strange phenomenon. Um, like you'll have like surgical precision with whatever this incision and it's sometimes it's closed up, you know, it'll be, it'll be like cauterized or something. And then yeah. the, 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 um, What's the what's the name of a cow coroner? I mean, like, what would that be? I know it's a vet, but like, what is her name? I don't know. He would come out and do the autopsy, and there's like no heart, no lungs, no brain. You know how the hell? And it's it's like they just aren't there, right? Like there's no sign of them being ripped out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They're just gone. Mm-hmm. It's that is really really just. And then sometimes the cow is like opened. You know, you get out there and it's like completely opened up and disgusting. And there's more than one of them. You know, um. But, there's no burn marks either, right? That, so it's right. There's no. So if it's done with like a laser or or like I always, always wonder well, how the how the heck did they do it? Yeah, you know, like like what is what process is well, at work here? So well, if and you then go the back pla- to, if you and then the to, placement of them. 
Right. It's not like um, you, you ever see like research cows where they like put the hole in the side and they can they reach into the cow's stomach, you know, to do like to, to you ever seen that kind of stuff? Anybody? Yeah. 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 It's I not have. like that. Right. These things are like sometimes they're just completely sealed up like nothing happened. And um, well, you know, if we go back to our theory of of, of what's causing everything around here, I mean, you know, demons work in strange ways. I mean, I'm sure they have. <laughs> You know, I was gonna, I was gonna say there, there seems to be a marked difference between cult activity mm-hmm. and things that simply can't be explained. I mean, it, I would have to chalk it up to either aliens or UFOs. If, if especially if UFO sightings happen around the cattle mutilations, I don't know. Is that something that happens, Patrick? <clears throat> so that's that's the other part of the the, the equation is that. Um, People uh, coming down from since the 1950s. This is a very uh, interesting topic to talk about. Uh, do you guys believe in past regression hypnosis? Um, I have heard of it. That is that how you you get people to um, bring up old memories and stuff that they can't remember? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So um, the original Redgate documentary, which is like I don't know, 20 years ago or something like that. And the guys that went down there is they they did this past regression hypnosis with these people that uh, grew up in the Redgate area, and they pulled up these memories that are just so freaking bizarre, and they're so real. They're going through the hypnosis and stuff. They're talking about as kids, as kids, they're they're um, talking to these four foot gray figures. They're going on their their spacecraft and all these things. It's it's so freaking bizarre, but uh. That's where I think some of the the alien uh, actual documented alien activities and stuff started to happen was back in the 1950s. And then since then, though, um, they see UFO stuff all the time up there, all the time. There are these two, uh, this couple from Pennsylvania that moved up there uh, maybe like a year ago, and my buddy he was talked to him and like they're like, yeah. Every, every, not every night, but we see so much crazy stuff in the sky that makes no sense. Interesting. So they started seeing the UFOs in the 50s. Now, 47 was the first, you know, the official, the Roswell crash. So in the 50s, in the 60s, the 50s, it was a large uptick. And do you you guys think that might be because um, people just were looking for them now because of Roswell? The way they were seeing them and they were always there and we just never noticed? Uh, I would say here, here's the other point I, I throw in there is like uh, from the 1950s on, like there's a bunch of documented cases. Um, and it's in the, the movie, The Secret of Roswell, the original documentary back in like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that said throughout the years, 60s, the 70s, the 80s, in, in Redgate, they're like, okay, we had this encounter where this weird, bizarre light in the sky up in the rut uh, in the mountains was chasing us down the mountain and it disappeared or something like that. There's like tons and tons and tons of stories of that on there. It was just really bizarre. Hmm. So this doesn't appear to be then people looking for things. This is, this is something coming down to unassuming folks and actually interacting with them. Like you said, chasing somebody. Yeah. It, 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 like, I think today, like what you're saying, uh, Johnny, was that it's, it's been popularized today to kind of look for stuff in the sky. But mm-hmm. back then, they're just they're just 
kids in high school pretty much going out there drinking, looking for a party. I don't know how many, how familiar with like Montana or the West or whatever, but like a lot of times you you're in high school, you drive in the mountains to go get drunk, get beer from some other guy or whatever. <laughs> you get drunk in the mountains, they can't catch you or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens everywhere. We just you know it just depends on where you're uh, where you're at. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, my, I actually I have I have family out in um, Montana. I have we're in Montana. Well, the kids are in Montana. Then my uncle has moved to Idaho. But yeah, I know I know Montana, and it's it's big country up there, man. So there's a lot of weirds. I mean, Bigfoot's out there too. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's Bigfoot stories out here. It's crazy too, oh, man. Yeah, yeah but, but yeah, the alien abduction stories from kids. That are being brought back. I mean, I can see, I can see why those memories would be repressed. You know, um, they might be repressed by the aliens themselves. You know, the, the, the yeah forced memory loss. Yeah, that kind of corroborates everything that you know. I've been looking into, I've been sending to you guys. We've been when looking at over maybe the last what six months or so um, is memory issues, uh, repressed memories, but also so many child and teenager abductions and in a lot of places too and i'd say in most cases those abductions continue even into adulthood uh so i'm just wondering like what what more these people don't even remember Mm. Um, because i've done that regression uh that that uh, therapy where you you're hypnotized and you bring it back i did it with light um and it does work it Mm. is it is definitely not hocus pocus um so I just I wonder what more they have to tell. I don't know yeah. if you get into that in the film. Well, isn't that weird um, that people yeah. get abducted multiple times? Like, oh yeah, throughout that? their lives, right, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, the interesting part. Is like, yeah, yeah, they get abducted multiple times. It's not just like one occurrence. And for the, the guys in this film, it was like when they were kids, it happened several times. But I think when they became teenagers and adults it like stopped pretty much which is kind of interesting yeah they seem to they seem to abduct children a lot a lot more but um yeah yeah what was your question reinhardt i I totally didn't mean to to cut you off there bud oh you're fine actually i have a a different one because i forgot um (laughs) did you find that it was mostly males that were dealing with this females or was it just like a good mix of both for me personally, I think it was a good mix of both, but there there were a lot of you might say males that led the trips up in the hills and stuff and things of that nature. But I, I would say personally, it was probably a mix of both. Hmm. Okay, all right, yeah, because we see abduction stories that kind of tend to they tend to splinter off at the the sex of the person. Um, you know, the the females will deal with um, impregnation that stories of that nature, right? And males yeah. will have things either put into them or taken out of them. Um, so, but but it does happen, you know, multiple times in people's lives, whether they're male or female. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, hundred percent. That's it's it's. There's been some crazy stories out there. Oh yeah. Now, um, there's also uh, in your in the um, what do you call it? The preview. There's the guy in the goon shirt talking about the 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 glowing balls. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that activity up there too, right? Yeah, that was really bizarre when I started. The, again, I started the research more and more, and that's the type of activity they see in the Redgate area all the time, the glowing ball stuff, and that stuff's really bizarre. When I talked to him, he showed me his 
his cell phone was um fairly old, unfortunately, at the time, and he caught that, started filming. He he got down from a movie and started filming it with his kid, and um, it was so freaking bizarre to watch that. It's like, what the hell is being shot here? But like that type of activity is like the main activity that happens like consistently in the Redgate area. Okay. And those, those seem to be kind of like those, what they would call will o the wisps, little balls of light that now do they, do they, do these things bother people or do people just see them? Do they chase people? Is, are they always in the same area? It, it depends. It depends honestly. Um, Cause a lot of times they, they'll either, a lot of times they will chase people as they're coming out, out of the mountains or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then other times people will see them in front of them and they'll actually chase after the, the glow of light or whatever and, and try to figure out where, where the hell is this coming from. Okay. So sometimes the globe chases you and sometimes you chase the globe. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has anybody had a violent encounter with one of these? Like it, like Johnny mentioned, Will of the Wisps, you know, a lot of times if you follow them, it can lead to something very negative happening uh, have there been any deaths or mutilations or, or just people getting hurt associated with any of these experiences there there hasn't been that like i said there's been like homicide stuff associated with this energy or whatever but there hasn't been anything of that nature but i will say that the alien that was caught on camera on that trail cam uh a lot of people analyze that and um we had some experts come in and they took a look at that image and they said well that's you know the debate this is another debate it's like are aliens friendly or not friendly and the people that looked at that said that was definitely not a friendly alien hmm. yeah i mean there there's always differences in like the aliens sometimes they're violent sometimes they're not sometimes they're just ominous sometimes they're nice sometimes it's like et not really but like yeah there's the the alien stories, the interactions with these things, whether they be um, the greys or taller versions of the greys um, or, or the Pleiadian types or whatever. Um, there, there's always a variation into the way that the, uh, the aliens behave. You know, sometimes, like I said, sometimes they're evil, sometimes they're not. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, 100%. This, the, uh, one of the descriptions of this alien photo was like it's like a fifth dimensional uh, reptide being or something like that where it's like okay that one's typically not friendly it, <laughs> it, it's interesting i don't know it's interesting that well there's definitely i mean you know there's I've, definitely different types of aliens out there you know supposedly yeah have you come into contact with any of the internet subcultures that look to the pleiadian aliens as if that it's their saviors or i mean have you seen some of that it's it's kind of bizarre <laughs> it is. I, I've seen a little bit of that stuff. I haven't gone way that deep though into um the, the some of those subcultures though. But I I, I have seen some of it, and uh, yeah, that, that's weird. all I can say. Yeah, they're weird. The, some I mean, people, some of the it reminds me here. a bit of the people on top of the skyscraper and Independence Day. Oh yeah, you know before before they get yeah. zapped, <laughs> right? Yeah, we love you, aliens. Yeah, yeah it's all very very new age. Um, and it's tied in with like a lot of the QAnon stuff too, but it's all very new age umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I, I guess my, my closest thing would be C. You guys know what uh, CE5 is? No. Not sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, CE5, and this is, uh, I came across this investigating aliens and everything else. Is there's called CE5 uh, uh, meditations with this guy named David Greer, and you meditate 
to channel uh, ex- extraterrestrials to come down and, and visit you. Oh, boy. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, sounds like the, that sounds dangerous. Yeah, it sounds like the Kabbalah angel prayer book where you pray oh. to certain angels and have them channel through you. CE5 protocol, contacting extraterrestrial and extra-dimensional entities. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm I'm saving this. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, we're gonna we are <laughs> no we are gonna look into this, man. This is this yeah. is interesting. You should hundred percent I I'd done one myself that was a very brief one. I didn't see any results, whatever, but um uh, uh encounters I think it's called the film's called Encounters with like the fifth dimension, the fifth mm-hmm. not the fifth kind, uh, with David Greer, and they go through all these sightings they had doing these meditations they brought ET type UFO sightings. Never the alien, an alien never showed up, but the ET part showed up. It was really interesting. Hmm. Well, that's that's one wow. for the, that's one for the notebook for sure. Yeah. So that actually brings up something to to me. So you went through a lot of experiences making this documentary. I mean, even uh, just reading some of the description, um, just about yourself. I mean you've delved into a lot of different, I guess, rabbit holes, uh, whether yeah. it's the, the occult or UFOs, um, like pagan rituals. And you've researched, uh, like satanic cults. I'm, I'm assuming SRA as well. I mean, d- does any of that have to do with the film? A little bit. I mean, I, I would say, uh, it definitely has, a, I would say actually a lot to do with the film, but, uh, as the films progressed and things of that nature, um, I've tried to find, I guess, you know, in a way, the answers to why these things are happening in this area. So, like, I, I have delved into witchcraft, um, voodoo, demonology. Um, you talked about the summoning angels. I've done that recently. Um, all that stuff, all that material, satanic cults. Um, I've researched cults. I've had visions of cults in my head, um, to tell you the truth. Um it's it, it, it's all an attempt to unveil the truth, but it, it all has to do also with this area where it's like, okay, what is going on? Because there have been cults in the Redgate area during different rituals and stuff, which is really freaking bizarre. There have. Hmm. Has, has Do any of these cults wow. have names, or is it just like random groups of people? R- random groups of people. Okay. Random groups of people. Um they, they, you know, they pass themselves off as like street gangs or, or whatever. In a small gangs. town, it's, it's hard. <laughs> and I, that's funny. Like it's like in that area, <laughs> in that street gang. Yes, that's totally Crips and Bloods territory. <laughs> <laughs> street youths, right? Man, there's a story where they're like, dude, the the Bloods once came through Deer Lodge, Montana. I was like, okay, whatever. Man, <laughs> they were really fucking lost. If that's where they came, there they were not. They were like going to Vegas, and they're like, yo. What is with all these trees? And no, no, they were they were lost. If the, if the, if they were there, they were lost. That's that's not a true story. I don't believe that. <laughs> that no, that no, sounds like no. a Kevin Hart movie. Now Nebraska, right. like Nebraska is a different story. Like yeah, that's one of the yeah. But no, not Montana. There's no there's no gangs in the woods in Montana. Stop it. But no. now these cults, <laughs> these cults. Um, <clears throat> I was telling the guys a couple weeks ago. You guys, the the story about the thing that happened at our place in Maine, right? We went, we left, uh, we, we left our, we owned a farm in upstate Maine when I was a kid and we left and went to Connecticut for a couple of months. And when we came back, somebody had been in our chicken coop and had like, there was like blood paint. Uh, there were like, um, what do you call it? Pentagrams and all kinds of you know stuff painted in blood on the inside of our, of our chicken coop. 
Like, but it turned out, really? it was, yeah, yeah, it turned out it was just uh, edgy teenagers. But yeah, <laughs> I still wouldn't go back in that chicken coop. No, no, I was no. like, t- I was ten, so no, the chicken coop, and it like I could see it from my window at night, and it was like super. It's Maine, you know, it's dark and birch forest and stuff, and scares the shit out of you at night just because it's night. Yeah, no, I did not ever go back in that chicken coop. But edgy yeah, teenager so, comes up to you and says, "This is Lovecraft Country." Well, it is. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it that's is terrible. But like, that's the thing. Did it? Could it have been ruled out that it was just edgy teenagers, or was this like actually like cult activity? You think? Well, it depends. Depends on what you're talking about. Like, the, like there's the image, there's the homicides, there's all that stuff. Well, the homicides, um, yeah, for sure. Like, that's definitely not like edgy teenager behavior, but like the quote cult stuff. Now, what do you mean by like like cult stuff? Like doing like like weird rituals and robes and like a clearing in the woods with fires and stuff. I I, I wouldn't quite say it's that organized. To tell you okay. the truth, I think of like um, I, I guess what I would say with uh, Ryan was like more like. Um, satanic type rituals you think you think of like cults and witches and stuff like that you think about the robes and all that stuff i don't think it was ever that organized to tell you the truth but i think for sure there there have been people that have um got together and messed around with um demonic spirits and things of that nature in the regular area or you know that that for me is 100 percent a fact but um there's also a big point though to talk about and when it comes to like everybody's dealt with you know the the massacres of native americans throughout history especially in the west but a lot of people say that um based on the history i've researched is that this whole redgate area the whole town of deer lodge was built upon a, a indian massacre burial ground ah there's that Man, how, yeah. what's like the origin of the trope? Right. What? Is, yeah. Yeah. Right? Where's? Yeah. Like, what? What part of America isn't? You know, like, that's the, and that's not a joke, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. So yeah, and this I'll, is kind of dead center southish of the state too. Okay. I wonder what the ley line activity is like there. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I'd say is the Continental Divide actually runs right through the Redgate area, which is kind of weird. Okay. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my buddy who had the the trail cam photo was like, um, so most valleys, the, the it goes like east to west. This one, for whatever reason, goes north to south. So they say that's another reason for the activity. If you go to the Redgate area also, is there are these, I mean, gigantic freaking power lines that run right through the area, like huge, huge power lines that run right through the Redgate area. It's kind of crazy. Hmm. Well, interesting. There's a theory. There's there's a theory behind like why power lines go where they go, like the major ones. Um, but that's for that's for a whole other topic. But that could be have have something to do with it too, though. You know the, yeah, the energy. Um, you know that electricity isn't. I mean, it's natural, but it it doesn't necessarily uh, come the way that we we think it does. You know, maybe maybe there's something to do I, with that there. I've heard I've heard also that like big electric electrical power sources can open up like portals and stuff that they can transport into because um it's so freaking weird it's like if you go up to this area it's way up in the mountains Mm. i'm not talking like 30 miles of mountains but like 10 miles 15 miles up in the mountains from the town and you have just in these mountains these gigantic power towers just coming down this hillside or whatever it's just kind of crazy to look at yeah, well, 
Um, also, you were saying talking about portals. It seems that there are, are portals uh, scattered throughout the world on in mountain ranges. You know, mountain ranges have always been known to be sites of these kind of portals, right, Reinhardt? Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, specifically talking in America, for instance, you got the Southwest. There's the uh, the Superstition Mountains. Um, there's the mountain in Arizona where the Lucifer Telescope is. Uh, that was known to the local people as a Stargate Mountain much like you would find out in the Near East. Right. So there's definitely a distinct possibility that in the mountains in Montana, there could be something such as that. And real, real quick, Johnny, I was yeah. just looking at it, comparing the map of mm -hmm. Montana, where Deer Lodge is, to a map of ley lines. And there is one not too far southeast. Oh, there you go. So I'm looking at three separate ley line maps, and they agree that you know that's the, the flow but uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. So there could be some sort of energy channel through that area, anyways, via the ley line. It's possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you if you believe in it, if we have listeners who who believe that and research ley lines, you know, let us know. Yes, definitely. Then we can post it on our Telegram channel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we get a lot of great content from our listeners. We do. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> What percentage of UFOs do you think are actually uh, undercover military craft? Oh, I, I think that's that's a really good question because I've I've researched that also. It was like I've heard that um, military have, have actually even faked um, ketamine lesions. That that's a, that's a military operation, which is which is really interesting. But uh, the percentage it's hard to uh, go with the percentage because. There, gosh, there's a lot of stories I've, I've looked up that they're like, okay, well, they thought it was a UFO, but they were playing this guy, and they, they just freaking were faking the whole thing, and the, they faked the entire UFO thing. They've, um, the government, um, at one point, I've done research, God, I, I wish I had more facts on the act specifics, but they had a center there, and they're going to rule against this alien stuff or whatever, some kind of bill that was coming up, and they even faked, uh, alien abduction of a senator that was so realistic that he immediately went against whatever they were going to pass. But I would say, I mean, gosh, I would say at least 10 to 20% somewhere in there probably are faked by the government. Are we about 30 years removed from that one Arizona, was it a mayor or a senator coming out to a press conference? Was, was the, the guy dressed as a it uh, alien? The, it was the because, governor. Uh, it was the governor, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, because of the Phoenix Lights. Yes, the Phoenix and, Lights, and the I, giant triangle. And the Phoenix Lights, I always thought, was a giant, silent military craft. Yeah, you know, like, it just didn't strike me as something uh, extraterrestrial. It struck me as something definitely man-made. Well, how, how long were the Phoenix Lights there? Like, a couple of days, right? Uh... Like everybody in Phoenix saw him that one evening, and then there were some people later on the same evening on the other, you know, in Australia that saw a similar a similar pattern, basically demonstrating that it could, you know, cross that, you know, go that far across in a very short period of time. That's freaking interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, and then the, the governor came out on stage for the news conference the next day uh, with his with his campaign manager or somebody, 
chief of staff, one of them, and chief uh, of staff, chief of staff, dressed up like an alien. Yeah, just yeah, a terrible, trying to make a joke out of make it. Make a joke out of it. Yep, on, just to, yep, just to make la- you, later on after his career was over, he said that was like the biggest mistake of his political career. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I can't understand why. Well, it's not like you know, it's, it's not like the. Uh, I don't know, whatever. They always tell you stuff on their way out the door, right? Like Eisenhower told us about the right. military industrial complex. Yeah. Oh, right. It was 97, Dogbot. <clears throat> it was 97. It'll be, it'll be 30 years in, uh, in a couple of years. We're tw- okay, so 25, 25 years. years. 25 right. years ago, yeah. I, I, 25 I years we ago. I remember that. On some, some kind of anniversary. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Or, I remember seeing that. And I remember, well, I don't remember actually the Phoenix Lights part until I saw, um, the guy in the alien suit. I was like, really? This is that, that is just like basically mocking your constituency, really, you know, but whatever, that's what they yeah. think of all of us anyways. <laughs> but back now, to, okay, back yes. to Montana, back to Montana. Yeah. Is, is there a solid military presence in Montana? Yeah, there is. Okay. Ah, uh, so um, if you research it uh, up at, uh, north north of uh, the Rigged area uh, in Great Falls, Montana, you have one of the biggest military bases, or the biggest military base in Montana. And you can research Great Falls UFO military base. And they had a situation there where um, a UFO showed up. And uh, Great Falls is a, is a place they stock a lot of nuclear warheads there, nuclear weapons in Great Falls. And they had a situation where a UFO honestly showed up and they lost control of their nuclear weapons. Hmm. So they just did the like the the UFO took control of it, or like they just locked them out of stuff. It's like it's like they got locked out of it. Like that's huh. not the that's not like they're gonna fire the nukes. It's like they get lost their ability to control the nukes, which is weird. Ooh, hmm. Yuri Geller was right. Yeah, don't do that. I'm, what do you mean? <laughs> what? I'm just I'm just <laughs> Reinhardt. I'm just I'm just saying. You know, I mean, what what did the man say? Aliens would come here and stop a nuclear war, right? I'm just yes. yeah yeah yeah. I've I'm heard just, that a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. Look, he's crazy. He bends spoons, but you know, hey, sometimes the man's right. And he hates Putin. He does hate Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Based Putin. Aliens going to come and stop bad man Putin. That's right. <laughs> you have to appreciate. Um, you have to appreciate some of the crazies like Yuri Geller. You really do. That's true. They make they make for a more fantastical world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so with all of this, so there is government activity that is pretty central in Montana. Great Falls is almost middle of the state, right? Yeah, well, it's – so we. I used to play – oh, we used to have the East-West Shrine game in Montana, the best all-stars and football players in high school in Montana. I played in the game in, like, uh, Great Falls. Like, Great Falls went to the freaking east, which pissed me off because, like, it's not really east. It's – it's it's west, but it's, it's it's like northwest. It's like it's not far from like Canada. I would say. Okay. I was looking at okay. the wrong picture when I saw that. Yeah, I I need to, I need to make me a culpa. I was wrong. It's not in the middle of the state. It's more towards the. Uh, I just zoomed out way too far. Yeah, it's the northwest. Yeah. 
Basically, it's not it's not super northwest. Like if you look at like Kalispell, mm-hmm. Montana, it's not as as west as that. But it, I mean, but it, it's in, it'd be in yeah. the it would be in the, if you divide it into quadrants, it would be in the northwest quadrant. Yes, yes, yes. yes it's in the so, middle of the freaking woods. Like it's in the middle of a lot of woods. Yeah, and they they put those fuckers for the east east team in the Shrine game because uh, the Shriners would get destroyed by the West, like what I, what I played for. So, yeah, <laughs> Shriners, you say? Yeah. So you've got not the same got, Shriners we talk about, but different. No, but you've no, got personal. No, you're talking you're talking about the uh, uh, the uh, what are those guys called? Uh, the uh, what is that called? The the black. Uh, what was that called? The uh, I don't know. What you the mean. temple, the temple, the temple knights, or whatever. Oh, the knights. Oh, temple. yeah, the, the knights ancient... templar. Yes, yes. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah. Go. They're also yeah. They're known as not the to be confused Arabic. with the knights hospitaller. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, because they're totally not the same. Right. Shh. Uh, the ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine. Yes. <laughs> I had to look yeah. that up so I remembered that. That's a that's a long name to say that we're masons too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Masons. That's the word I was looking for. The, the Freemasons. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not every Mason's yeah. a Shriner, but every Shriner is a Mason. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to take it, I mean, away from from Masons, you mentioned Native Americans, um, uh, Native American massacres that that had you know occurred there, possible burial sites. When you were researching for this, did you find anything interesting about? Native American folklore centered on this area, on the mountains, like we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, several several legends of you know portals and spirits living in mountains. Uh, did did they have anything to say? That's that's something I've actually um, been uh, investigating more and more. Actually, as, as it's gone on, I've had people, uh, Native American paranormal investigators, contact me and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, that's what they say too. Is like, what do, what did the Native Americans actually say from those areas? on their their stuff or whatever i haven't done enough research on it to really know but um western montana there's reservations like everywhere there's like there's native american reservations like everywhere so like it wouldn't be too hard to go out to some of those places but reggae itself is not on a reservation we're still pretty far away from the reservation Okay, cool. So no, no, in no Native American land that's right there. At least, not that you, you know, not that has been Native American land for at least a long time. No, no, but there is uh, one guy I talked to uh, told me that there is a um, secret hidden Native American burial ground, um, or a lot of this stuff that happened that he happens to know about, but he doesn't know the exact location. So I'd, I'd love to talk to him and say, okay, can we just investigate that and try to find out where this burial ground is that you're talking about? That would be awesome. Yeah, I've I've heard recently from a few people I've talked to that there are there are me- megalithic sites in Montana, which I honestly didn't expect. Every time I've driven through there, it's it's just beautiful, big sky country and amazing mountains. I I just don't even think about any sort of megalithic sites or. or uh, giant history or, or, you know, that kind of stuff that, that could have gone on when Native Americans were living there, um, you know, before anybody else moved in. But, okay, cool. But um, I, I'll just say the megalith stuff, I've had people contact me about that. I, I haven't passed up tours. I was trying to set up a tour with a guy that's really big into that stuff, and I have not gone on that tour yet. But in uh, this area, this general area, there's there's a bunch of megalith stuff there that... um. 
I want to check out. I haven't checked out yet, though, but I've been offered the opportunity. I just need to line up with the guy. But, yeah, there is Megalith stuff here that's really interesting. Oh, man, awesome. That's that's some of our favorite stuff around here. Definitely. Yeah. The ancient, yeah, the ancient megalithic stuff. Real, um, real quick, brother, I, I have a question. Sure. Are, are you recording inside of the bathroom of a rave? Oh, sorry. If you, do you hear a band in the background? Sorry. <laughs> wow. I thought it was a real question. Yeah, I thought so, it was. Yeah. It, it is. I, it's just, it was just, I was hearing, some, I was hearing some, uh, some noise coming through, and I, I, I was like, oh, maybe it's coming for his. Um, so I, I, uh, we, me and my brother founded a, uh, a theater a long time ago in this community in Deer Lodge, and Next door, they, they, I didn't think there was anything going on since my, my office is connected to the theater. So the theater is right through this wall next door. And what they're doing actually is my my uh, brother is leading a um, jazz band rehearsal for my other brother's wedding that happens in a week. So nice. that's what you're hearing next door. <laughs> well, there you go, dog. All right, awesome. Yeah, not a rave, a jazz band. Good lord! Yes. I wish I wish them all the best. I hope I hope nothing shows up in the sky at their wedding. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, they're like they're like we'll be done by seven. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And now they're they're still going. So I don't know. <laughs> the jazz moves through you, man. That's how, yeah, that's how it goes, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else? What else we got going on here in Montana besides? Uh, we got weird lights. We've got, got cattle mutilations, and those have been ongoing for, for decades. Um, what's this about yeah. the prison? Okay, so um, uh, the, the rumor was Deer Lodge had two options. It's either A, you can be the capital of Montana, or B, you can be the prison. And they're like, we'll take option B. Why? <laughs> what the hell? Just going for it. It's, yeah. <laughs> Just gonna, we'll be the prison guys. Thanks. Yeah. Think of the funny. I can't. I don't know. Jesus. I can't confirm that's true. But the first mon, the first uh, actual college in Montana was in Deer Lodge, and then um, Deer Lodge became the prison place. Um, so they had built a prison in town, not in town. I, I would say they built this like, you know, gosh, eighteen hundred something like that. Whatever it was built, I don't have the exact date, but it was it was built. Now you can actually go into the old prison now uh, as a museum. And tours, um, but if you look at Durage right now, you're like, "Wow, this prison's built basically in the middle of the uh, end of town." So it's really weird. Now the the actual prison is um, several miles out of town, up in the mountains, right below, below uh, the valley before it goes over the mountains. But uh, the prison itself, though, the old prison, they had rights there. They had um, not a ton. Uh, they had a couple rights where a bunch of people died. One major one happened years ago, decades ago, where like 10 or more people died. Prison guards, it got out of control. So if you go in that prison today, which you can openly do for free tours, and what I did like several years back is we had our theater group used to do plays inside that old prison because there's this stage called the Gunport Theater uh, stage and they called it the gun port because they had gun ports on the side of the stage for they do performances for prisoners so they had the gun ports there to make sure they behave and stuff if anything got out of the control they'd have the gun port there the mantra so they called it the gun port theater we do um plays in there again we did plays after the prison was closed so it's a museum now we're doing plays in the old prison museum and um 
we get the keys to that place and we'd go there um after our play was out we'd let let everybody go and like we'd go back at midnight and with a bottle of whiskey we'd go in the old cell blocks and everything at midnight and man the paranormal activity the the evp pickup there was freaking nuts oh so you've got an evp detector so we didn't have a we didn't have an EDP detector at the time, but we had like a voice recorder type thing. I was studying EVP, and I would take it. I break down what we heard into like an editing studio and try to break down things that we heard on it. Nice. But now you do have an EVP, though, right? Yeah, is that what you're saying? Cool. Uh, and so wait, with that, have I, I want to get one. I want to. I mean, I don't want to do like the Zach Baggins thing, but I do want to. You know, I, I think it would be cool to, to have one of those. Um, you don't you don't want to get an Xbox 360 and map out uh, demons in the room with little stick figures dancing around. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't know to what you're referring, but why not? Oh, that's that, that was, that's been one of their gags for uh, for the last five years. Oh, really? I, I don't know. I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen their show in, in two years. But the the last few times I watched Ghost Adventures, they always would set up the digital mapping of the room that's supposed to pick up your body movements and it picks up uh, the supposed body movements of disembodied spirits in the room and they're always like little stick figures dancing on you and then they then they change in the different part of the room they're in there and then uh, if you ask them to wave they wave yeah interesting that is that is odd uh, that, but that's Zach Bagans though so yeah. I mean, are, were you guys experiencing anything physical or, I mean, did you get anything compelling on voice at one point? Um, it was a long time ago. I, I think we had one thing on voice we, we thought we heard or whatever and whatnot. And uh, for the record, Zach Bagan's um, Ghost Adventures actually did their own investigation at this place. So he has more. If you watch Ghost Adventures, there is a Ghost Adventures at the old Montana State Prison. Prison. And he probably has way more stuff than we ever captured to tell you the truth because they had it, it's funny if you watch that episode of Ghost Adventures at the old Montana State Prison, they set up their headquarters um, at the theater where we used to do plays at, which is really funny. Hmm. Oh, that's that, pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not that and big of a, some, it's not that big of yeah. a town, is it? You said it's a little no. town, right? Yeah, it's funny because the, the reenactments they do of different things are actually actors from our, our theater company. They actually contact us and said, do you have actors to reenact some of these scenes and stuff for the show? And like, yeah, sure, we gave them a bunch of stuff. But um, the, the worst part I hated about the episode of Ghost Adventures is a lot of the times they didn't – the show itself is, is fake in this aspect. If you've ever watched that with Zach Megan, it's like mm-hmm. um, they didn't investigate the most – high activity places which is weird but they went to the places they could sell to the audience so in the show they investigate this theater so this theater that burnt down man burnt down like 50 years ago or something like that well there's there, nothing happened at that theater there's no deaths there there was nothing that happened they're like well this is where this person got hanged and stuff it's like no the 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 thing in that theater that's old theater that got burnt down they have the old um uh whatever you want to call it, whether they hung somebody on that platform, but nobody was ever actually hung there. 
So they did an investigation there to sell the show. They did, they did went to a different a bunch of places where it's like okay, there's no activity in these places I know of. So that's that's the only problem I have with Zach Bagans and his show is like watching that. So I was in Alaska at the time. I was living in Alaska. I watched. That, I was like, they're not going to any of the places that are actually haunted. They're just going to these random ass places and pretending it's haunted. And that's mm-hmm. why I was like, okay, this guy, this is fake. The TV is fake. <laughs> well, it's TV. Well, yeah, so well, what one of my one of my personal conspiracy theories is that all ghost hunting shows really are are a way of boosting tourism for failing uh, failing areas. Oh, 100 percent. I, I I don't doubt that at all. I yes, yeah. we all agree with that. That's not a conspiracy theory at this point. Especially, yeah. 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 Um, oh, we have a dilapidated mining town. Yes, please come to our dilapidated mining <laughs> town. There's absolutely nothing to do here but pretend that it's haunted. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear you say, like, they actually came to a place that you knew in your local town that you had been several times, you had had experiences there, and the go, and yeah, they just completely avoid the places where people like you actually experience things. Well, I mean, he doesn't want to actually run into a ghost, you know, you know he doesn't want to shit That's himself on camera. That's what I'm thinking, like, oh, what's going on there, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> a little scared of is, ghosts? Is... Yeah, I dealt with um, – so they, I was in Alaska. They did this show called Flying Wild Alaska, and I dealt with uh, people that were involved in that show. And they they tell me all the bullshit they just fucking made up for TV, all of it was insane. Like it's like – so it, it, it's just crazy how much stuff they will make up just to make a show. And then, yeah, after that happened, uh, several years later, I watched the Ghost of Interest episode of the old Montana State Prison like – Okay, I know this place. I know the haunted areas. I know because I've been through 500 tours in this place. With I don't know, our theater company was there for several years. I know it like the back of my hand. And these dumbasses are not going to places that are actually haunted. They're going to the least haunted places in this old prison. Like this is fucking stupid. <laughs> that is great to hear. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's so weird to hear. Like once you actually see behind the scenes of what's actually happening, it's like. Fuck. Reality TV is the most made up. It's the most fictional. T- well, that's Reality why they TV call is it. more fictional than fictional TV. Well, that's why they call it that. That's why that's you know. That's why they call it reality TV because everything's fake. You know, they tell you what it is. They tell you, yeah, it's not reality. That stuff is real. It's no. TV. But then, but then you've got your documentary. I mean, which is is our topic for tonight. And and your work is telling the truth of these things when you didn't even set out to. Do a documentary. Right. You were there to tell a a fictional story. You went the opposite way from these guys. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. I went. I went the completely opposite. I was like, I'm doing fiction. It's gonna be a horror film. I'm gonna market a horror film. I know I could sell a horror film, and it, it went so far the opposite direction. I never imagined it would go the opposite direction like it did. Yeah, that's crazy so. Are stuff. you are you in Alaska right now? No, I was for ten years straight. When I was um, writing this, I was writing this from Alaska. And then I came down to Montana. Uh, what happened really was I got divorced and I was coming down my last year. I was a teacher and I, my, my contract with teaching was expired. Oh, it wasn't expired. I was actually just retiring basically. And um, I came down to see my kids in March of 2020 during COVID. And uh, things were getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And then uh, basically our superintendent told us not to come back up here on spring break. So it was spring break for us. And he told us not to come up, so I got stuck down in Montana. I've been here ever since due to COVID. And um, the script that I had kind of written on and off, and I was like, okay, well, 
we can't do anything else due to COVID. Let's film this movie in the middle of nowhere, Montana. So that was the original uh, production premise of 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 uh, uh, Renegade and everything. I had I had a very random non audio uh, based Alaska question. Uh, do you think Lisa Murkowski, the senator, is a biological male? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Who? Lisa Murkowski. Oh boy, are we doing this? She's are we really the doing Republican this? Republican senator from the state I, of I know state of Michigan, uh, state of Alaska. I know, I know who she is. You know uh, what? She, yeah, she, yeah, she was super popular when I first went up there, and uh, yeah, after John McCain, she kind of drifted off, and I. She had a reality TV show, which I hardly watched. But uh, oh, that, I think that was Sarah Palin, who may also. Oh, Palin. Oh, Lisa Murkowski. Oh, gosh. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. Um, I, think Lee, I think Lisa Murkowski is a biological male. So Lisa Murkowski, when I was in Alaska, I did video conferences with Lisa Murkowski. Um, from, so I was uh, in charge of communications and technology for one of the biggest school districts in Alaska and the entire planet. Our school district land mass is the size of Minnesota. It was so spread out between these islands and everything else. And Alaska is so gigantic. It's so hard for people to actually even imagine how big it is. Oh, but uh, Lisa Murkowski, I had her, uh, I video conferenced her in on several uh, meetings with uh, students and, and stuff in our school district to talk about different issues and things. Wow. And uh, that's scary. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm going through about, pictures of it right now. I'm scrolling through pictures, and I'm on like picture 45, and uh, there's not a smile, not yet. Everything looks <gasps> she she looks like a very very angry principal. Like I was principal. gonna say I was gonna say you're not sure if you're looking at pictures of her or Skeksis from The Dark Crystal. <laughs> yeah, and that very square set jaw that she has. Holy cow! You could crack yeah, walnuts comes- with that thing. She's she's in office because she has she comes from a, a a long history of political family members in Alaska, that's why she continues to be in office. But I was mad when I first got up to Alaska because she lost to a libertarian, Joe Miller, uh, and Joe Miller won the primary, and she decided to write her name on the ballot anyways, and she won on the write in. I was like so mad. I was like you lost though, like you lost. Go home. Get away. Get away from her. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's like nothing on her early life hardly. I wonder. There's a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, all right. So back to Montana. We're still in Montana. So the prison, prison is definitely haunted. Well, it's a prison. Now, did you guys see? Have you guys seen Reinhardt Dogbot? Have you guys looked at pictures of the prison? Yeah, I have. It. Oh yeah, I, and, I even saw that episode that he was referring to. Okay. And and the courthouse. Yeah, the courthouse is really weird. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's a very small town. You know, eight, yeah. late eighteen hundreds. You have the gigantic prison castle, and you have the courthouse cathedral. Hmm. Yeah, we have yeah. Th- we have theories about that. Yeah. No, so how do they? How who who founded and built all these buildings? And and do you, do you have any history on that? So there's um uh, there's John Johnny Grant. And there's there's Grant Coors, and those guys were the kind of guys that that founded um, the entire town for the most part. It was during like the great the great cattle run or the great cattle herd or whatever the heck that thing was going on. And those guys pretty much founded the town themselves. So the weird thing is, we talk about the Native American burial ground. Was that 
before they ca- the uh, giant grant came in here with it, all the settlers and everything, um, these there's a group called the Métis people, and they're like uh, Native Americans. They're like half European, half Native American, and they actually founded the place called a uh, place called Spanish Fork, which is on the Clark Fork River that runs through the town, and they founded it originally, and then um, giant grant came in and found this place called uh, Garrison. They called it Grantsville back in the day. It's called Garrison, Montana now, but Grantsville was above the valley, and Johnny Grant found that. So him and his white settlers found that place, and the Métis people leave, live down in the uh, valley. And uh, they're fur, fur traders and all these different things, but um, eventually Johnny Grant came back and went from Grantsville down to the valley and uh, called it Cotwood City Pro- Cotwood City. Um, that's what he called it originally, and it eventually became Deer Lodge. But um, the funny thing is, is that uh, not funny, I guess, for a lot of people, is that the Métis people that originally were here just magically, if you look this up on Wikipedia, the founding of Deer Lodge on Wikipedia, you'll, you'll find this on there. It's right on there. You can look it up. The Métis people just kind of fucking disappear. Like, hmm. they're gone. They're gone. You know, you can call them seasonal people or whatever, but they're still, this is their place. They're just, they're gone. You know, it's like, what happened to them? You know? <laughs> well, weren't there, um, aren't there, aren't there stories of other tribal nations just disappearing too? They taken off into the sky. Some of them, some of them taken off into the earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, lot, I mean, there's a lot of stories like that. Could be something like that. I've heard uh, I've heard stories about how there's a network of tunnels underneath Alaska and uh, going into the Yukon. We're, uh, we're still. Is, have you heard anything about that? I've heard a little bit about that. I haven't. I haven't researched myself. But I, I definitely heard some of that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And in Montana with the Métis, um, kind of sounds similar. I mean. Uh, they don't sound similar in any way other than this to the, the Anasazi, the American Southwest, you know, they just kind of up and disappear. Um, so that is really interesting. I'll have to look more into some of their legends. I mean, I, I see they're still around. They are mixed ancestry. So, um, do, did that mixed ancestry, do we know, come from just colonization? They say like French Canadians, French traders. I'll say, yeah. Because okay. the Europeans, you know, mixing with Native Americans is, is kind of where they came from. But yeah, the if you look at the Métis people, they're still around today. Like they're they're um, they're around in, in some sense today. But it's just they. If you go to Deer Lodge, Montana, like it's it's damn near like a hundred percent white. So it's just where they were here and then gone. And hmm. yeah. Yeah, so the story may be that this Johnny Grave guy had taken them out or, or pushed them out, maybe. Yeah. A- and again, 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 uh, whoever has a stronghold, because they, they I, don't, I don't say they're weak people, they, but they're here for fur trading and, and trapping and stuff like that, of that nature. And, and um, yeah, I want to say he, I want to say this guy, Johnny Grant, who's worshipped in the history books here in Dodge, he saw, he, Basically, a lot of people did in America. He saw a fucking opportunity to take over a place, and so he did. Hmm. And a lot of but, uh, the, Yes. A lot <laughs> the of other part is, like, he went back to Oregon 
they call it was Utah back then. Uh, it's it's the history is interesting because the states have mixed up so much. But he went back to his his colony or whatever he was originally from, and he brought back all his friends and relatives and everybody after he found Grantsville. So that's the weird part is that like he had seen the place, he had seen the valley, he had seen the Métis people, and he went back to where he's from. Then a year later, brought back all his friends and family members and took over the entire valley. That's the weird part of it. That's what's interesting about it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, did they did they found any fortifications or, or anything there? One thing that we see in a lot of these places uh, across America, but even even Europe and some in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, for some reason, um, you see military forts or, or military installations that are shaped in like star patterns or they kind of mimic um, mimic cymatic patterns. And a lot of times in your water, giant rivers, lakes, even oceans. Um, is there anything like that that you know of in Montana? I don't. I don't know of anything like that off the top of my head. To tell you the truth. Okay. Yeah, they just happen to be in in areas a lot of times, whether they're near uh, ley lines. You know, if people believe in those, or um, areas of intense activity or bloodshed, things like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Energy, yeah. etc. Mm. <laughs> I'm, dude. I'm still looking at this prison, and I'm not finding much history. When was it? Do you know when it was built? The old, uh, the yeah. original old one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because it's quite, it's quite an impressive structure, uh, for for the time. You know, it's got the the square parapets. Um, on all 18, four 1871. 1871. Okay. What was the population of, of Montana in 1871 total? Couldn't have been that much. You know? We'll look that up right now. Actually, that's, that's interesting. Like, that's an amazing structure to build in 1871 for the criminal population. 1870, uh, the population was 20,595. Of the entire state. Yeah, yeah, the whole state, the whole state. It's, yeah, and they built okay. this prison way off in the middle of nowhere, so they could house the prisoners. It's like it's like you know when they built all those asylums in California for all the crazy people, right? That there was thousands of rooms. This 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 thing houses what, two thousand two thousand prisoners, something like that, sixteen hundred prisoners, and that's just a, the crime wave in the eighteen seventies in Montana just required such a structure. <laughs> Right? I mean, I'm just... Looks just, like more than just the crypts were getting right. off the map. I know. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, like, the outlaw Josie Wales and his crew or something. I mean, like, Billy the Kid? I don't know. Like, was it cattle rustlers? Some some fur, some illegal fur trapping going on? Like, what kind of what kind of crime was going on in Montana in the, 1800, the late 1800s for there to warrant such a structure? And the courthouse, too. I mean, you know, because you have to prosecute the people to put them in this structure. So you have to have a magnificent building in the middle of nowhere in Montana for that as well. It's just, just odd to me. Does that strike anybody else at all as odd? It's odd. Thank you. <laughs> Horse and buggy I mean, people. It, did, it, did, it didn't strike me as odd. It just comes off as odd. Like, it didn't, it didn't assault me uh, with its oddness. All right. Fair. Fair. But uh, again, it just goes in line with a lot of these other stories of these other places that we've talked about in the past. And we will continue to talk about when they come up uh, that these buildings don't really make any sort of logistical sense for the population that 
supposedly built them and for the purposes they were allegedly built for. Um, that's a huge structure. You know, they were, they were either planning on a crime wave, you know, <laughs> or they had yeah, a lot of yeah, criminals. Yeah. Right. But anyway. Man, it's a good thing we got settled in here. All right. right. Next next stop. Got to make a big-ass prison. Right. <laughs> Somebody fire up an oven. How many ovens would it take to bake all those bricks? And how short of a period of time? Right? I mean, there's not enough ovens to make that many bricks in that short of a period of time. Patrick's probably sitting here like, what the hell are these guys doing right now? <laughs> we're, we're shitposting now. I don't, we're shitposting. I don't think I, I looked into that deeply. No, that was actually, that wasn't, honestly, Patrick, that, I was, that was more just like, yeah, we're just shitposting at this point, buddy. Um, oh, man, this was, it's just interesting to me to see this kind of stuff because, you know, and again, and again it's haunted. There's paranormal activity there. Um, it's near a ley line, Reinhardt, like we were, you were saying. There's just so much stuff going on in this area, and we have, you know, mysterious architecture. Just kind of always, you know, always seems to all go together. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the architecture is really fucking weird because, like, you bring that up now. And, and my buddy, um, he's, he uh, grew up in Gerald's, but he lives in California now. And he, he hooked me up with the uh, megalith guy. Mm-hmm. Starts talking about it. I was like I was like, why is this fucking connected? Like I don't see the connection here at all. But then I started to see it, and I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this guy sees megaliths all over this area, and not in megaliths are not in Redgate, but they're surrounded by Redgate. These megalith things, and uh, yeah, now I'm starting to see the connection. I was like, okay, yeah, this is a little bizarre that these megalith things are right all in this area. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there either was something there before, obviously. And, you know, there is something there now. Um, and, again, you know, the residents of the place, like the longtime residents of the place, will tell you the story, that, you know, word for word, verbatim, is what's on the brass plaque out in front of the building? And why would it be? Why would the story be any different? It's what's on the plaque. It's the history, right? And that's what they've yeah. been taught for generations. So who the hell knows? Like, that's – it's just crazy to me that, that they have these this type of – this type of architecture for that type of a building. Yeah, right. Dogbot's right. Like, we're fur trappers. I mean, it's not even, it's like, what was the one? Is it not Oklahoma? Um, was it Oklahoma? The, the, the Capitol building of Oklahoma. It's like got a four story tower because that's what cattle ranchers build, you know? It's one of those states. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those states. Same thing here. And this isn't even the capital of the state. This is the prison. Like the capital. It was Selena. very specifically not. They chose not right, to be they, the capital. Right. Because that's where they chose not to be the capital, to be the prison. And apparently they fired up a whole bunch of kilns. You know, I want, again, where are the brick magnets? There are no, there's oil men, there's oil barons, there's the robber barons, right? You got your oil people, your cattle guys, your um, whatever else, you know. Tobacco. Tobacco, whatever resources they're raping this place for. You never hear about the rich brick people. Where's the rich brick family? No, because apparently all you need to make bricks is spit and dirt. Right? <laughs> Gumption. Yes. Come on. Come Gumption. on. Come on. Come on. Gumption. Bootstraps. Hey, hey, you walk hey, yeah, you walked by those walls today, hundred and fifty years later. There's no damage to them. Right. Really. Right. And it, yeah, yeah and, and you nothing. go by yeah. you go by brick buildings that were built in the past fifty years, they're crumbling on the corners and yeah. Because apparently apparently the uh the the uh the fur trapper spit was better than whatever the chemical process is that they make the bricks from today. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. Their spit didn't have microplastics in it. That's, so. You know, this is actually true. This is actually true. <laughs> Get me started on microplastics. God. <laughs> it's a different show. It's a whole different show altogether. I'm going to get mad. 
<laughs> this is uh, but this 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 is why I miss Alaska so bad. I was in na- uh, 99% uh, native Alaska, and they had the best way of doing this by far of any uh, person in the rest of America. It's like the native Alaskans had one tradition, and that was that the elders would always tell the stories of what happened to the younger generation, so it never got lost. Mm-hmm. And now it's like we're in America. It's like, how does this happen? I don't fucking know. Nobody knows. We, we know less than ever. <laughs> right. We have so much information in the palm of my hand. Right now, I am holding the entire internet in my iPhone, right in my hand, right? I have everything, all the information. And we are yet uh, the dumbest people to have probably ever existed. Yeah, 100%. Amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Native Americans, I mean, there are oral traditions from Native peoples uh, that go back, I mean, thousands of years and they know these stories they don't know anything else they don't know the details like really small specific details and things but they know names they know places you know they know the basic story of what happened Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing that they've been told for centuries and yeah and it's always stories about the sky and the stars and the land and 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 the and the beaver eating the moon (laughs) look man beaver gets hungry Listen, but the the beaver is gigantic and it eats the moon, and that's why it goes into phases. Right. That's one. I would rather believe that than half the crap we hear. Talk about that is one tribe. Okay. Okay. That's a couple, man. That's like that's at least more than one. Is it? Then then that lets you know it has a little bit of credence. So there you go. Then clearly, the beaver is eating the cheese. (laughs) I. I don't know. There's so many jokes I don't want to make about giant beavers. <laughs> Not today, man. Not today. Whole different show. Whole different show, man. Um, um, go ahead. Can I can I ask a quick question to kind of bring us back into into Redgate here? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, so what's the what's the general attitude towards all of this stuff in town? Because you know I, there there are places throughout America and different states. I know of one that's really crazy, uh, Persia, Iowa, that has had kind of a darkness over it for a very long time. Um, everybody's had experiences with uh, what they would call demonic attacks, cult activity, very prominent cult activity, uh, UFOs and things, people dying every year in, in I mean, five or more people. Um, all happening to natives, by the way, people who have been there for generations. Um so is is all of this kind of passed around? Does is this something that just everybody knows, even if they don't experience it? Like, how do they feel? It, it seems like it's almost like fifty fifty split. Almost like a lot of people don't even want to talk about it or mention it. Um, my buddy who caught the uh, alien on his trail cam image and, and uh, he went on the History Channel and everything else. Um, a guy came up one day and gave him a box of Fruit Loose. Like, here you go. Here's some fruit loose, guys. See, you're officially fucking nuts. Like it's, it's weird. My buddy, he's also he's 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 more of a Montana guy. He's like more a hunter, a uh, trail guide, um, uh, a guide that does uh, trips for hunting and stuff like that. So he knows all these different things. And he's talked to, uh, he's been on ranches before where a cattle mutilation has occurred, where the, the cattle's mutilated. It makes no sense. And the rancher farmer guy has told him to take it off. Put it in the dead pit and don't ever mention it again to anybody. Hmm. We just don't talk about the cattle mutilations around here. Yeah, so They don't want to talk about it. Right. Some people think you're nuts and some people just don't want to talk about it. They know what happens and they just don't want to talk about it. Now, your buddy, was that, that was the guy that 
that took the picture of the big bulb headed alien? Yeah. Okay. Now you said that they had a photo expert look at it from uh, from the History Channel, and I remember seeing something about the photo analysis, and they said that because of the way that it was standing or walking or whatever, that it couldn't have possibly been a human because that our bodies just don't we can't manipulate our limbs that way. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it, there's no possible. So here's the thing. like The History Channel special did a really good job, but at the end, they had the dumbest fucking lady alive, the <laughs> dumbest lady alive. She has she has no qualifications whatsoever to analyze the photo, none. And she tried saying it was human. But here, here's the thing. like In Montana, here's when it was taken. It was taken at um, late October, so it's colder than shit. This place technically is on private property. You can only hike in there to get this place. Uh, the alien uh, figure was moving north to south. So the, if it was on the trail itself, it would be peering right in front of the trail like a human hiking that. If they broke in there, hiked it. They'd be going east to west, going up towards the, the trail itself. And it took one photo of it. And the camera went dead. The camera died instantly. Hmm. And so this this trail camera, like a lot of these trail cams, what they do is they take three photos in like a second or two. So I don't know what the actual number is. So um, for this thing to appear and not be on trail cam, so and so um, so I'll say it like this: so the, if you look at the image, the trail is going upwards. The image is coming from the other side so they're coming up the hillside going across it going up to the other hillside and then it's a mountain and it's covered if you saw the hillside you know what i'm talking about like it's covered in fucking trees and brush and crazy so to fly across that hillside so fucking fast through all these trees and then cut on the trail with the trail camera is and go right back up it without being captured more than once for a human to do that it's fucking impossible. <laughs> like, and for a human to be up there at that time at night, at that area that's so secluded, in the end of October, there's no possible way. It there's there's no possible way that that it's it's just it's crazy to think of the possibility of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's wearing clothes either. Not not what you would think. And right. October in Montana, like this thing should be wearing a big jacket, should be wearing boots, um, cold weather pants. You don't see any of that. There's there's no backpack on it. No. There's there's no gun. Like if you're hunting, you'd have like a rifle or a gun or something on you. There's nothing. And uh, the guy that caught Don Bromley, he did a comparison photo of himself, like going across the same way the alien did. And it looks nothing close to the same. The, the first thing is, if it was a human, when you capture it on that trail camera at night in infrared or whatever, the eyes glow. Like a human eye is like glow. They have that light glow to it. You don't mm. see that in the image. Yeah, I guess. No, you don't. Oh, it's like the, 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 the red eye effect or whatever is what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. It's a really sorry, cool image. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely that definitely is not human and that's a good point, Reinhardt. It's it's cold. It's October. It should be wearing, you know, a puffy jacket or something. It, a, a jacket, you know, uh boots. It doesn't even look like it has feet. Like regular feet. Did you, did you see a picture of the uh 
Dogman in Abilene, Texas that came out yes. last week? Yes, I did. The, the zoo? Yes. Yeah, I saw that. That was freaking freaky. <laughs> well, there's now, don't forget, a couple years ago at the Louisville Zoo in Kentucky, there was the same sort of thing. The uh, llamas and what was the other animal that was maimed? There's llamas and something else, and they were tall animals, and they were maimed in the head and neck area, and it was a dog-like creature, dog-like, man-like creature. So this is, maybe it's one of those. You know, know. the more I look at this picture, too, because I'm I'm sitting here looking at it while we're Mm. on the call, and the more I look at it, the more I get unsettled. I didn't even think about the eye point. Like, that didn't even register with me. Mm. Eyes should be glowing. Mm -hmm. Also, the shape of the head looks really odd. Yes, the shape of the head looks <laughs> it's, large and oblong. Yeah, it's like a flat top and the beginnings of like a longer kind of skull, how that neck slopes back and then out. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's that's really odd. And it, I don't think that's because of the motion either. No, no. Um, and you look at the legs too, the legs are cut off. Um, and that that's not the biggest thing also, but I mean, it, normal legs would be, you'd see most of the legs. Um, it, it's just so bizarre because you'd have to be traveling so fast to not get captured twice on camera. And nothing yeah, makes sense fast. about that image being a human. Nothing. Nope. Like zero. Well, that's, yeah, that's got, I mean... And it's and it's a real picture. It's been proving to be a real picture. And your buddy was he saw it. So there you go. Yeah. I can imagine him just standing there up on the mountain, like he's standing there with a picture. He's looking at the camera. He's trying to position himself to the best thing, and he just comes out looking like, I mean, he 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 probably is thinking like, I look like a bow legged idiot <laughs> trying to make this picture. It just isn't possible. Right. No, people boat legged idiot. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would think looking at it. Like, oh my god, this is no way. There's no way. There's no there's no possible way. Yeah. None. None. Um Flew in on a pale horse with no name. Oh stop. <laughs> Calm down there. All right. <laughs> no, that Yeah, that's a very strange looking and the arms. Like the the forearms appear to be very short. It's like T Rex arms. Mm-hmm. He's going, yeah, he does have like T Rex arms. Maybe he's hugging himself. Who knows? <laughs> it looks, it looks like he has a he looks like he has a, a fanny pack almost. Yeah, there's that it. too. There's that too. Matt's his phaser. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, but his blaster. His blaster. Yes, it's where he hangs his lightsaber. But then you, yeah. if you look at the, okay, if you look at the, what would be, I guess, what direction is he facing? So the leg on the left, is that his right leg or his left leg? Which way is he facing? So his head and hands are going towards the left, right? But that leg that's in front, that could be the right, that's the right leg, or is that the left leg? That's what I'm saying, you know what I mean? Which, which yeah. leg is that? That doesn't appear to have any calf, it's just a blur. It's like a mist. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Like, he's so fast. He's moving so fast, the camera couldn't even catch the entire leg in the shot. But but nothing else is blurred. You know what I mean? I mean, he's blurry, but, like, it's not... 
I don't know. There's not like a, a motion blur. He's just blurry, you know? I don't know. It just gets weirder and weirder the more I look at I it. I know. It, it's a very, very strange picture. We will put this in the show notes or in the, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes so we don't have too many pictures. It's, it's been described in so many different ways. It's crazy. Like, um, I actually, I actually bought an uh, an, uh, alien uh, analysis book off of uh, Amazon Kindle. They break down all these different aliens. I looked at that, and it's like freaking crazy the different aliens they describe and stuff. But uh, uh, they call this one a a reptilian type figure, and uh, Hmm. someone called it non peaceful, which is interesting to say because if you look at it, I guess it does look like a reptile to some extent. So a malevolent reptile alien. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from what little I can see of what looks like a mouth, it it does look like it's a larger mouth. I don't know. It could be that could be the motion obscuring it, but yeah, not not a nose like we have. Don't don't see eyes. If it were a normal reptile, right. too, it'd be just like a human like any other animal. You see the eyes glowing. But Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. This was this was good. So when does the documentary actually come out? Uh, August 26th. I, I finally, you guys, the first show I've been on, I have finally have a release date. <laughs> awesome. August 26th. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Um, August, yeah, August 26th, yeah. Cool. So, and how is it going to be released? On the inter- on the internets? Or are you going to uh, Most likely going to be on the internet. I'll, I'll put on the uh, Redgate, um, secretofredgate.com is a, the internet site. And I'll be promoting it. And I'll, um, I hope to come on, um, back on a lot of shows like yours and come back and actually talk about it. I can bring, I can bring Dom Bromley back on. We can talk about uh, the date of the release and stuff. And, um, but yeah, there's a lot more in the film that goes way into detail and it talks about all these different things. Oh, yeah. And, um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it'll blow your mind. But even after the film, it's, it's an ongoing process. We've had TV show deals and all kinds of things. That's why I know a lot about TV shows, how they were made because, uh, we had one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, our our contract expires in July for the signing deal with somebody. But uh, yeah, this thing just keeps. And you guys came out and said uh, uh, just last week you were talking about it, something like the National Enquirer or something. Like okay, that's that's like a new new thing to me because I have not seen it there yet. So yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's, yeah, it's yeah that's fun. that's our show. We call it the Nationalist Inquirer. Oh, yeah, not the National Enquirer. Talking about yeah, oh, yeah. okay. No, we yeah we just happened to bring it up as a topic. Randomly, I I didn't even realize to put together that that was your buddy from from Redgate, and then yeah, no, then, that's, that's like so while we were talking funny. about it, I think Reinhardt was like, "Hey, isn't that the the Montana thing?" It's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> well, cool." There's a preview for Friday. I I had a uh, contact in Maryland who said it was like the number one viewed photo on a History Channel special, or commercial, or something. I'm still waiting to hear back from that. So yeah, it's really really interesting. Cool man. Um, yeah. So yeah, so do you it's have, been fun. It's been awesome. Yeah. Nice. Do you have any websites or any sort of social media that people can check you out at? Secretofredgate.com. Secretofredgate.com. And then if you go on um, Instagram, I would say Instagram mainly or Twitter, but Instagram, uh, if you hashtag Redgate film, you'll pull up everything I've ever posted on it since the beginning. So awesome. Right on, man. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. 
yeah, this has been awesome. This has been a great show. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, dude. This is really great. I love doing interviews, especially when they're about really cool stuff like this. I love talking about this kind of stuff. We don't talk about this kind of stuff enough. But we are definitely going to watch your documentary when it comes out, and we'll probably talk about it again. Yeah, 100%. We'll keep in contact. Yeah, awesome. For sure. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. Take it easy. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. Thanks. Take care. All right, dude. Patrick Cutler. That was awesome. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Man. I mean, we even got in some shit posting. Yeah. He had no idea what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine him sitting there like, what are they even going into right now? Are they still practicing jazz? Can I go watch? (laughs) Right. Practicing jazz. I'm sorry, I, I had to ask about that. Like it was like it, I look. I was gonna leave it there, and I was gonna leave it there and allude to in the comments that it was you know like Native American war drums spiritually coming in through the recording. Spear chucking. That's not very nice, Reinhardt. Spiritually. Oh, oh, oh! I thought rude. You were, what it sounded like. Sorry. Don't want to be racist. Come on. I heard casserole. Anyways, um, <laughs> all different cultures yes. have thrown spears. That's right. That's right. It doesn't have to be racist, Reinhardt. Wow. Okay. Right. It's true. Yeah. I can't. Can you guys stop smiling today? Has anybody not been able to stop smiling or is it just me? It's been a fantastic. It's day. been a fantastic. It's been pretty day. great. Yeah. It's been a fantastic. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to wrap this one up. Um, yeah. Check out Patrick Cutler at secretofredgate.com. Uh, we are going to check out his documentary when it comes out in August. Uh, we have a creepy pasta for you at the end of this, and we will see you Tuesday on Pill D Live and Odyssey for the Nationalist Inquirer Live. Check out our new, newly redesigned website and go buy our shirts. The end. All right, we'll see y'all later. Time travel makes you gay. I tried to warn them, but they wouldn't listen. I warned them immediately after I was returned to the marsh, but they decided to detain me and ignore my claims. Twenty years have now passed, and they still don't listen, despite the urgent message I was unfairly tasked with delivering. I warned them to this day, and still, nothing. The ignorance of man never fails. Their stubbornness reigns supreme, and now I understand the message. In the end, they will have done this to themselves, to all of us. They deserve it. I drove to the banks of that marsh twenty years ago with Emma. Beautiful, young, and sweet. It was only our second date, but I was head over heels in love with her. I felt comfortable with her. I felt complete. She was unlike anyone I had ever known. We sat in my car, watching the herons and listening to the bullfrogs with the windows down. I packed a dinner fit for two teenagers. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, carrot sticks, and a two liter of cola that we'd passed back and forth between us. I had every intention of officially asking her to be my girlfriend that night once the sun went down. I had every intention of kissing her and comforting her as she had me. But the incalculable universe 
had other plans. It happened so fast. The heron fled, and the bullfrogs fell silent. The water before us rippled violently, thrashing about from an unseen disturbance above. The dimming light of day exploded into a blinding radiance, and when my sight returned, I found myself elsewhere. The marsh was absent from before me. Emma was nowhere, and I was nowhere. My surroundings were cold and silent. I couldn't even hear myself as I called out for help. I called for anyone, anything that would listen. But sound didn't exist where I was. Everything was of a silver tint and had a foggy texture. Within the blurred textures, I witnessed the malice that the human race had introduced to Earth. War, hate, greed, and violence were bold beneath Earth's toxic atmosphere, but love and acceptance were barely identifiable. The message before me, projecting itself against the foggy palette, was clear. Humans had taken for granted a world of beauty and turned it into their own playground of corruption and evil. The blurry texture then transitioned into an alternate life on Earth. The world was at peace and cooperative with others from unfathomable distances. There was realm-wide unity and Earth was healthy and pure. It had recovered miraculously from the human race's destructive nature and sickening instinctual habits. That's when I realized that it was not a human race that inhabited this refreshed version of Earth. It was another race, far superior and intelligent than humans, who tenderly cared for their new home. They utilized its natural aspects and thrived in doing so. Peace reigned, but that peace came at a price. The price would be the totality of Earth's current life. This peace could happen with humans as the permanent inhabitants of Earth, or it could happen with others. The message was loud and clear to me. I was then shown Emma. She was in what they described as a state of controlled unconsciousness. She was confined, yet unharmed. There wasn't a scratch on her. She would remain that way, not only until the message was delivered, but until permanent action was taken to create a peaceful world with humans as its inhabitants. This new race from elsewhere saw the potential in our realm that we hadn't, or that we'd refuse to work towards. To them, it would be a lost opportunity not to gain control of it. Earth was too perfect, and perfect places in their experience and travels were rare. So the negotiations happened. I found myself before a sea of faceless entities that were frail and spindly. Through my mind is how they communicated, and I would be returned to the spot in which I was taken from, the muddy banks of the marsh. Emma would remain with them a great distance away, but close enough for them to keep watch. I would be given twenty years to make significant progress in carrying out the message, 
and making sure it came to fruition. In 20 years' time, if significant changes were made and the other race saw progress towards a peaceful world, Emma would be returned and they would leave us alone. But, if in those 20 years nothing had changed, or if things had become increasingly worse to the point of being irreversible, it would be their turn with our world. They would encroach from their idle spot in the abyss and shut down our satellites. The world would fall into a much-deserved chaos, and then... Then the end of the human race would birth from within me. The procedure was painless. Something was planted, inserted, under my skin. They barely explained to me what it was, only communicating that it would be beyond my comprehension, as no one on Earth had ever seen anything like it before. It would gestate inside of me for the allotted time, becoming perfectly whole and be undetectable by any technology Earth could possess. In twenty years' time, after the satellites that quietly orbited the Earth were rendered useless, I would birth the end of the human race, and they would settle in. As dictated in the negotiations, I was returned to the marsh in the same blinding radiance in which I was taken. When the light faded, the warm summer evening was before me yet again. The sun had set, the bullfrogs croaked once more, and Emma was gone from the passenger seat of my car. I drove frantically into town, grabbing the first police officer I came across. I was hysterical when I confessed what had happened to me, and that they had taken Emma. I begged for help, irrationally pleaded for instant peace, and warned the officer of our fates and wished I had witnessed. It was a lot to take in. Even in the state of panic, I knew that. So he placed me in the back of his car while he processed my claims. I watched him from the back seat as he meandered over to my car. He looked inside of it and then back at me. And I knew something wasn't right when he unlatched the radio and began to speak. His eyes never once wandered from mine. Within minutes, two more patrol cars arrived with their lights spinning. Crime scene tape went up around my car and before long, onlookers began to gather and officers kept them at bay. The officer that placed me in his car finally came back and spoke to me through the open driver's window. He asked if it was the marsh at the edge of town that I was referring to. I told him it was, and then he took that information to another group of officers. Soon after, I was read my rights and taken to the county jail. I didn't understand why I was being arrested. I had told them everything that happened. They said I had better get a lawyer. In the weeks that followed my arrest, Emma's parents confirmed she was with me that night. They had also found blood in the front seat of my car that came back as a match for Emma's. I was accused of murdering Emma and tossing her into the marsh for the gators to eat. I was convicted and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. 
my constant and frantic warnings about the end of the human race hindered any chance I had at being considered a model inmate. I suffered incredibly for it. As the twenty years painfully crawled by, I actually considered the state of my own sanity. Had I imagined the entire abduction? Had I momentarily lost touch with reality and actually killed Emma? That seemed like more of a stretch of the imagination than the story I went on record with. I believed in myself. I knew what happened. I was able to quickly push aside any contradicting thoughts I may have had about myself and let the fear and worry take over again. I was imprisoned without an outlet to warn the masses. Through what minimal television I was allowed, I was able to watch the world outside crumble into unfixable pieces. I watched as sightings and abductions increased over the years. They had become so overwhelming that even the government couldn't pretend to hide them anymore. Earth was being visited, and frequently. They were checking on us. Checking on the status of the message. Visiting somewhere isn't random. You have to have a curiosity or interest in a certain place in order to visit. Think of how many people go on vacations or visit places far from their homes. They create an attachment to those places and say, yes, this is where I want to be. I warned them, but nobody wanted to listen. And now I stand here in my cell, 20 years to the day after I was taken, watching the lights in the cold metal hallway flicker. A soft hum of electricity vibrates through the steel bars as I grip them. I could feel the rumbling bloom, becoming more detectable with its vigorous complexion. Our time was up. We had failed. And I had failed. A guard down the way shouts in anger as his precious cell phone sputters to its death. Explicit words spew from his mouth and he unlocks the hallway door to call for someone with a charger, foolishly thinking that would help. I can hear his voice echoing through the hollow row that fourteen others reside in, aside from myself. The lights flicker again, and then go out for good. The fourteen men who accompany in the hall begin to erupt in curious dialogue. A sense of unnerving confusion elevates inside each of them. Their confusion grows into panic, and finally, the realization that the power was out. Their cells were no longer locked. As they figure this out and open their cage doors, a slew of guards race in with guns drawn. Shouting erupts, and eventually, so does gunfire. As the guards and inmates battle to a bloody end, I begin to feel lightheaded. I feel cold and all wrong. The prison walls begin to shake. Crumbling pieces of rock and drywall crash to the floor and the alarm system explodes. 
the deafening siren is short-lived and dies almost as quickly as it begins. My heart flutters and my skin tingles with the stomach-churning anticipation. I could feel it behind my eyes, now gnawing on my brain. My nerves snap and my vision instantly turns red. I feel my skin split apart at every joint. My bones crack and bloody muss pours to the floor. I lose my balance and collapse into the gushing crimson bath. Screams from inside of me bellow out and I know they're not my own. I'm fading, but I'm still aware of the sharp, slimy appendages ripping out from every single one of my joints. Blinding pain overwhelms me, but once my spine snaps, I feel nothing. I have no control over my body as it's lifted off the ground by the razor-sharp accretions jutting out of me. Two of them, equipped with hooked talons, snap the cell bars like twigs and they carry me out. I'm facing the ceiling, unable to move, and hearing the discord between the world and its new keepers. I close my eyes as the roars and screams become too much to endure anymore. A single tear drops from my eyes as I drift away. I think of the world as it once was, as it could have been, and now as it would be. We failed. I failed. My last thoughts were of Emma. I wondered what would become of her now. Was she still in a controlled state, unharmed and awaiting the outcome that would never happen? I hoped she was still unharmed, still without a scratch upon her. I wished for her. Wait. Not a scratch upon her. Then how could her blood have been in the car? That blood is what balked my ability to spread the message. I was imprisoned, not given a fair chance to tell the world what would happen, un unless, unless the smarter, more intelligent species that now began to flood the earth always intended on taking it. The message was never meant to be spread. It took 20 years for whatever was tearing out from inside of me to fully gestate. I was nothing more than a host for this creature to help eliminate the human race. God, this was always going to happen. <laughs>